This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. The biggest difference in my life at this point has been to have my three M's, meaning, meditation, movement. Valeria Tellez interviews Jennifer Arnimo, a certified International Association of Yoga therapist, teacher, and speaker. Jennifer Arnimo is a 43-year-old retired correctional officer turned yoga therapist with a love of science and the self-responsibility of self-regulation on a blended path seeking knowledge and becoming love through the wisdom of Ayurveda, Yoga, Vedanta, and Tantra. Her days are a mix of private therapy practice, mentoring future therapists, and sharing the tools of mindfulness, breath, and movement with correctional services in Ontario. Meet Jennifer at mindbodywholewellness.com. Here is the interview with Jennifer Arnimo. In your own words, who is Jen Arnimal? Mm-hmm. Well, there's many different perspectives that I can answer that question from. Uh, in the physical plane, I'm a 43-year-old retired correctional officer turned yoga therapist with a love of science and the self-responsibility to self-regulate. I'm a Vedic astrology Virgo working on lifetimes of karma around partnership figuring out the difference between individual and universal connection. And spiritually, um, on a blended path, really with a love of knowledge, um, seeking to become love through the wisdom of Ayurveda, yoga, Mm -hmm. Vedanta, and Tantra. But most importantly, when I can really pull the lens back, I see myself as divinity experiencing itself in a temporary human suit. That's interesting when you say about that individual universal connection, trying Mm -hmm. to figure out, talk to me about connection in general. What is that about relationships that is so powerful? It has been for me too. They are almost mirrors to me. Absolutely. And relationships are, I mean, that's, they're our greatest teacher. They are, that it was our job is to be mirrors to each other for where our work lies in ourselves. So anytime I feel a discomfort in a relationship, it's usually like this big neon sticky note for me of, hey, there's some work to do here. There's some growth to do here. Because generally it doesn't have anything to do with the other person, but more so what is this bringing up for work in me? Would you say that's a general rule that it's always not the other person, but it's always something within our own perception of the world and others? I would say so. I would say so. It feels true to me. 
I have a lot to work <laughs> on with my husband because <laughs> I keep judging him <laughs> in many ways. In, yeah, that's a, what an interesting, insightful uh, thought today. I thank you for the clarity and the conviction that you speak from. I hear mm-hmm. like this is a knowing. It's not just something that I believe in. Would you say that, Jen, at this yeah. point? The biggest learning I think of my last few years is really like embracing self-responsibility and seeing myself as, you know, both the creator of my life, but also really self-responsible for how I choose to show up, how I choose to react or sorry, how I choose to respond versus react and always taking pause. You know, our bodies are like these truth filters and we have mind, heart and gut or, you know, mind, breath and body. And when we can run all of our life experience through this um, this full body truth detector, we know what's right. And so it, and when anything comes up against that feeling of truth or rightness, I know there's something, it's coming up against a place in me that I can do some work. And so that I've just been trying to live from that place of listening to the full body yes. And if it's not a full body yes, mm-hmm. then it's a hard no. How did you come to this knowing was that a moment in time or um, a process a, a journey it's been a real transformation process yeah. i mean from where i was six years ago really struggling with with stress in life and work and not feeling like i wanted i was a person i wanted to be right. um, and then beginning this kind of transformation journey of of knowledge with going back to school to be a yoga therapist, like I just needed better tools for coping with stress. I had no intention of being a teacher, but through all of the personal development work and like digging into shadow and I'm just having willingness to sit with myself in silence and see what comes up. Um, It's not, wasn't pretty work, but uh, freedom's on the other side of allowing yourself to see what's, what's in that internal landscape. And I wonder why so many of us prefer to suffer even than to go within and do the work. Have you found an answer for that? Well, from my personal life philosophy, I believe that each of us, um, we're coming into human form for this experience of life. And some of us have been around more times than others. So we've cleared up more of this work. And so that different people are at different levels along that spectrum. So maybe the this is someone's first time in human form. And it's just like this new experience. And there's so much sensory, you know, input coming in. And you're really just learning how to be human. But if you've been, you know, you've done it thousands of times, and maybe this is your last go around before you choose something else, and that there's a lot more freedom and capacity and ability to like really be internal and really connect and, you know, have an openness to be with that place in yourself as well. You're talking about evolution. Would that be evolution of the soul or would you say the spirit? I know some people, they say they use different words. Do you also use those two words separately? Um, So I really love words. I love words more than anything, which I think is why I started writing um, even more so than speaking. Um, So I believe that humans are storytellers and we make meaning by filtering through life um, we let the experience of life flow through us, and then we we have this innate drive to be meaning makers and to make sense of it. So, whatever works 
to each individual. I mean, even like a word such as God, some people might not resonate with that. It might be nature, it might be source, it might be energy, it might be love, you know, whatever works. And so when I speak or when I write, I really, I really choose my words carefully because I, I want it to be inclusive and accessible and so that people can just pick what resonates with them from what comes up from their truth versus trying to, you know, imprint a certain idea that might be mine on someone else. So what do you think is the purpose of the human experience, Jen? Why are we here in the first place, even if it is the 10th <laughs> or 20th yes. time? <laughs> yeah. Um, I believe that we're here to remember, or to, to realize that we're in this continuous loop of experiment in human form. So in the cycle of many births and deaths for the sake of growth, experience, evolution, um, expansion, into becoming a higher vibration or to evolve into love and light, just to become more and more free each go round. So do you envision or are you able to imagine a, um, a destination of what that would look like to become love and light? I think it's when the form of us or the essence of us that is beyond form like I think when we come into, when we choose these human suits, we're coming from the formless, that void of whatever it is, that energy where we're connected to the energy of everything. We come into form and then when the body no longer serves or we've done our work for this to go around, then we go back into that formless. But that formless is beyond words. It's beyond, you know, it's beyond tangible concepts. So it's, to me, I, I can think of it as silence or the pause between breaths. Whatever helps people, like it's a really difficult concept to think about ourselves outside of body and personality. But I think that's where we return to. I love that though, that pause, even pause between breath. That sounds inspiring to me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I cannot imagine. That's interesting. I know some people, they are able to describe what the looks like. You're right. I don't think we can even imagine with the minds we have. No. The conditioned minds we have. Right? Beyond mind. So talk to me about freedom. What does it feel like to you, freedom? And what are some of the misconceptions we have about it? Well, I think freedom, like freedom to me is internal connection. When we, when we allow ourselves that silent space to connect inward. So using that same vehicle of mind and senses that science uses to explore the external world, when we turn them into ourselves to explore, experiment, um, experience our internal landscape, so freedom is being over doing and then learning to be even in the doing. Wow. So, yeah, in a way, it's... Um resting within business <laughs> uh, activities. Is that a, also a um, yoga philosophy, would you say? Very much so. Yeah. So much of my personal life philosophy comes from, comes from yoga, fr from Vedanta, from Tantra. You know, just this reconnection to the idea of a universal pool of energy or consciousness or God or whatever you want to call that. Do you wonder why you went in that direction instead of trying something else? Um, I 
have lived my life trying to go with the flow as much as possible. And so when I was at that point in corrections, I was at about 15 years into my career and we were having a lot of struggle in our in our government agency. There was a lot of trauma. There was a lot of incidents happening and I just was not coping very well. Um, and I knew I needed a different skill set than what was our collective cultural um, acceptable means for coping with work stress. And so like a lot of things I do are on a dare. So I applied to corrections on a dare. And then when I was really at my breaking point, uh, my best friend dared me to go to yoga school with her. So again, no intention of being a yoga teacher, but I just thought, well, this came out of nowhere. So the best things in my life have literally fallen out of the sky into my lap. Um, I call them my unicorns. And so when when something happens like that, that I just couldn't have controlled or chosen, that's those are the things I'm like, there's something here to explore. So just go with it. Some people they describe freedom as choosing, being able to choose. So in a way, the way you speak of, it's not even a choice. It goes back to trust, doesn't it? It's trusting the knowing, trusting the universe, whatever we call it. So there is a there is a lot of freedom in choice, though. So I, that's one of my teaching points is awareness. The more awareness we have, the more choice we have. And the more choice we have, the more freedom we have. But I think, you know, the overall essence ties back to intuition. And when we start to grow our awareness, we start to grow our connection to intuition, and then we're guided by that also. So it's a mix. I mean, we have our I think we're a perfect blend of divinity and, and humanity. And so our humanness has choice and will and awareness and our divinity has intuition and inspiration and, you know, connection to the whole. And so happiness to me is really being able to flow between those two states of constantly remembering daily, like having practices that remind me that I, that I am fully divine and fully human and how do I enjoy or embody both of those realities in one experience? I love that too. And that's interesting that you say that today, the way you say it with so much clarity. I woke up thinking about that, that integration of divine and human. That is interesting. And I did ask a question today, speaking of intuition. But yeah, before I say that, talk to me for a moment about intuition, what it is, how do we know when we are accessing intuition and not some sort of memory from the past or conditioned beliefs? Uh, from my experience, it has been coming back to this body as the truth detector. So um, from my lineage of, of, of practice, one of my teachers has always said, when you can unite the mind, the body, and the breath. So the, the mind, body, and breath are like three triplets. And they're always mimicking each other. Um, what one does affects the other two. So we all know how hard it can be to calm the mind or still the mind. Like if we start there, that's a really tough point to just say, okay, mind, stop thinking. Because the nature of the mind is to think. And the body... The body is, you know, usually within our general control. But if we want to unite the three, mind and body, um, breath is our most accessible tool. It's, it's the path or the thread that weaves between mind and body. So if you can access and work with the breath, if you can calm the breath, you will 
automatically calm the mind and the body. So the mind and body are always mirroring each other and the breath is like this perfect accessible tool. So to answer the question, when we unite mind and, and body through the breath, so there are many practices that do that, whether it's meditation or whether you're doing, you know, a movement practice. Um, so my teacher says when you unite those three, you create this portal to intuition. And so that's been my experience. If I'm sitting with something that I, I want to find that full body yes answer to, yeah. I'll do a practice that unites mind, body and breath. Yeah, going back to the breath resonates so true. I even start breathing deeper as you speak. Our breath is, aside from relationships, I would say relationships are number two teacher. Number one teacher for me is the breath. Every aspect of it mirrors our existence in this experience. It is so much to teach us about self-responsibility and self-regulation and, and just how to be in life. So meditation, this is a, a very powerful practice that for some reason I'm not engaging in these days, but talk to me how important meditation is and how is it done really? Do we set an intention? Do we expect something to happen? Well, there's so many different methods. There's, there's as many methods for meditation as there are languages, I'm sure. But for me, the basic principle of it is the same idea of accessing intuition. So anything that you do that you that unites your mind, body, and breath can be a meditation. So it can be a mindful walk through nature. It could be seated on a, on a cushion following your breath. It could be following an ancient practice using a mantra or using you know, an affirmation that really resonates with you. It can literally be anything. And um, for people who are just beginning to meditate, there is a wonderful book um, by Sally Campton called the, um, For the Love of Meditation. And it really gets into um, like just the simple ways that we can meditate because I think there's a lot of maybe stereotype or preconceived notion that meditation is sitting and turning the mind off. And really, it's just any practice that we're doing that connect that connects us to ourselves. And that's why I guess I don't say I meditate because I don't sit down and, and stay there silent trying to do something because it seems like to me, yeah, once I do that, then the mind is asking, what are you doing? Uh, what are you looking for? Like, what are you expecting? What do you need to hear, to see? Or, And I hear that the mind becomes even busier than before. So I try things like what I do talking to you now. It's a very good way of connecting everything, the body, the mind and the breath. The mind really needs a focal point. Like if you want to sit quietly in silence, the mind needs something to focus on. So whatever practice you do for seated meditation, the mind needs a focal point. And even then the meditation is just noticing what comes up without judgment, more like curiosity. So this whole idea of connecting to your internal landscape is this, can you come to it from a place of play? Like you're just delving into your own internal playground and just being curious what comes up without judgment. Like, yeah, the mind's going to go, yeah, it might bring up a thousand memories from your 20s. Like, that's okay. But you just give with whatever comes up, even if it's painful or unpleasant or, you know, yeah. whatever, whatever it may be. So talk to me for a moment, Jen, about your practice. Um, do you see clients online? Can we hire you to uh, for sessions online? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I have um, 
so right now I'm, I have my own private practice. Um, I am a certified yoga therapist. Our regulating body is um, the International Association of Yoga Therapists. So I'm listed on there. I have my own um, website, which is mindbodywholewellness.com. Um, I have done work in the past with uh, the Maryland University of Integrative Health and Johns Hopkins Hospital in Maryland. So with chronic pain, with chronic care, with oncology. Um, but mostly now, I mean, since COVID, I have been working online um, with private clients, but also with my school. And so I'm um, mentoring future yoga therapists, which is like one of the biggest works of love of my heart, uh, as well as um, teaching mindfulness to Ontario Correctional Services. So I've kind of come full circle and now get to teach these wonderful practices of mind, body, and breath, or mindfulness, breath practices, and movement um, to correctional officers and probation officers. Would you say that this is another extension of that, besides being ourselves, being true to our hearts, connecting to the breath, as you said, which is so powerful, but the way you speak, the way you just said about um, giving back and doing this work, and now you're helping, going back yeah, and helping those people that once you were, that needed help. So would you say that that's another purpose somehow for being here? Absolutely. And I think whatever our experience it is, whatever our vulnerability or our wounds or our story, that really can become the foundation of how we give back. So when we, you know, when we heal ourselves, when we find things that help us come back from our challenge and our struggle and our pain, I think that those become our gifts to share with others in similar situations. So coming back from like really being feeling like I was in a place of real challenge and struggle and pain with, with my career as a correctional officer, I get to, you know, find my way out of that. And then it's not my job to fix or save or heal anybody else. I don't consider myself a healer, but I'm just here to share the experience, share my experience. And if, if it lands with someone, if it can be an example or a tool or, you know, to help somebody else, that that's what I'm, you know, that is my service, but really I'm just here, all of us just to connect to ourselves, to, you know, have the willingness to do the work in ourselves that our relationships and our careers and our families and friends so beautifully mirror to us. And then we use that freedom to connect well with others. And, and, and so now I'm just, I really want to help um, to connect people like other people to themselves and other people to each other. Would you say the healing is something constant or could become a destination? I think in, maybe instead of healing, but more transformation. Because we, I mean, life will continue to bring us challenge. People will continue to hurt us. We will continue to hurt people intentionally or not. So I think the work of our heart to grow is in this continual expansion and contraction. Again, just like the breath. So we have to inhale and open to take in, and then we exhale and contract to let go. So life is continually moving through us, wounds, joy, pain, pleasure, and our job is just to let it. And so let ourselves be broken open and, and come back together in healing. And it's like the scar tissue and the, and the ex expansion and the contraction keeps growing us into these bigger expanded versions or bigger capacities to hold love and be love and to give that back. So I think it's part of the process. 
I love the way you say, basically said that you need simple things in life. To be content, you need nature, connection, movement, and meaning. And then you said, and of course, some good food and wine, which I was laughing when I read that. <laughs> yes, true. Um, nature, to be content, that word, I love, love that word, and which I connect with inner peace. Do you make that connection too, Jen? Contentment and inner peace? Oh, absolutely. I, I really believe that um, our ability to be in the moment as it is, whether it's painful or challenging, you know, rewarding or or not, is is how we learn to be content. I mean, that's what contentment is. And so we cause ourselves so much suffering when we, you know, frame our days around expectations or um, assumptions or how we think it should be or how we think we should be. Like, I heard a there, I heard a beautiful analogy by Mark Nepo about thinking of ourselves as an ocean sponge. And so can we just let the current, the flow of life go through us without creating resistance? So ex expectations, assumptions all create resistance to the flow of life. And so really, can I just let whatever comes in the moment flow through me? And then I just get to be the meaning maker. Like I could just get to filter the meaning out of my experience, whatever I need can stick and whatever I don't need in each moment can pass through. And that to me is contentment and freedom. And it's not a practice, right, Jen? Would you say it's a practice or just um, an understanding, just a deeper understanding of who we are? I think it's a willingness. And I, but it also requires, like that the humanness in us requires a practice where the divinity is a knowing. So it's always both and. We, so we set ourselves up with the intention, like we, we put ourselves in the place for that intuition to happen, but our humanness, I think, requires a practice, like a daily reminder, a daily routine of some kind that puts us in the position to connect so that the door of intuition can wash through us. So I think it's both and. I love the way you say in one of the blog posts you sent me, it said, I want to be seen and heard loved and accepted, both my light and my shadow, not by everyone, but by the circle I choose. I want to feel free, freedom in all the layers of my being. And then you ended with uh, surrender, trust and reverence. Beautifully written. When I read that, I was the heart open too. I love the vision of your work you have on your website to the self-discovery, um, self-responsibility, wellness, the teaching principles and practices that unite body, breath, and mind. I have a few more questions for you. We're almost at the end. But before I ask them, Jen, would you like to add anything that we didn't touch today? Hmm. I don't know. I could talk about these things forever. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> Tell I'm just it. going where you lead me. I talked to you earlier about time, the idea of time. We all, that's a challenge for me. Has time been a challenge for you too? The human idea of time? Uh, no, not <laughs> at all. <laughs> I am, uh, I don't know if you're familiar, familiar with the Ayurvedic concepts of a constitution, Pitta, Kapha, Vata. Oh, yes, not. yes, yeah. I yes. am very much Pitta. I am... I would, you know, excelled as a correctional officer because I function very well in the 
constraints of time. I'm like organization and um, schedule. And I mean, letting go of that and letting that soften has become, has, has um, always or has become the, a challenge in my work. So part of this transition coming to this place is letting go of the constrictions of time. So I know you reflect that you, you're trying to work with it more. I'm trying to yes. let it go a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. So it's quite the opposite if there is such a thing. How do you define success these days? What is to be successful to you? Um, to me, success is living a life where I show up every day remembering the bigger picture. So having those daily practices that connect me to that sense of being a, a, a temporary temple that houses infinity. So that I can show up as love, uh, to stay open to sharing my experience um, from a place of that vulnerability, from that authenticity of of just sharing my own story, my experience, versus needing anybody to agree or or think like me. So and and to be willing to be vulnerable and open, even when my humanness hurts. So spending um, success to me is spending my days connecting to myself and connecting to others so in the flow of that experience without um, expectation without resisting any pain or challenge and then just sharing what I'm learning about freedom like that freedom is is that's the word freedom and connection are like you know home base for me so anything that cultivates those things or helps me return that to those ideas every day So two more questions. What is another word for healing? Another word for healing. Yeah. Transformation. So transformation f- from the perspective that there's we're not broken. Like there's nothing wrong with us. We are innately divine and perfect and life is perfect. And it continues to move us, to motivate us into evolution. So I think when when we can see ourselves as in this process of constant transformation and evolution, that there's never anything wrong with us. We, We just are. And so we're just becoming more freer and freer versions of ourselves versus thinking there's any anything necessarily wrong or needs fixing or saving or healing. So transformation. And my last question is, what are three things about life you know for sure as of this moment? Um, Number one, connecting to myself internally is the way I I find freedom in this life. Number two, uh, I'm a temporary experiment of consciousness, experiencing itself in a human suit. Uh, Number three, The degree to which I allow myself to fully experience discomfort, pain, loss, challenge um, is directly proportionate to my capacity for happiness, joy, peace, and freedom. Yeah. Thank you so much, Jen, for your authentic, divine presence, your work, the way you do it, with the intention you have of helping others, but coming from a place of self-exploration, which is, to me, everything. I love your beauty. It reminds me of nature itself. So again, before we say goodbye, where can we find more information about you, your work, products, services, and future projects? 
Um, you can follow me via my blog at mindbodywholewellness.com. Uh, I am on Facebook as well, Mind Body Whole Wellness, Instagram at Mind Body Whole Wellness. Um, and I do have an iTunes podcast, though I haven't uh, updated that in a while. I, it is my intention to return to that just because I love I love having these interactions very much like you're doing. I really love the work that you're doing. Um, but the po- podcast is Freedom Through Self-Care. Yeah. Oh, that sounds really great too. If you have a link, please send it to me so I can have on your, your podcast profile. Thank you so much again. And we'll talk soon. Wonderful. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Bye for now, Jen. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Jennifer Arnimo and her work, please visit mindbodywholewellness.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.